Why do so many black people dislike Elvis Presley? Elvis borrowed from the music of lesser known black rhythm and blues artists that he heard as a teenager, like Big Mama Thornton. And Big Joe Turner. When white artists cover the music of lesser-known black artists, there's always the danger of being accused of cultural appropriation. The blues music that Elvis and a lot of other rock and rollers borrowed from was created and performed by black artists who were relegated to a genre that was known as race music. In the early part of the 20th century, this was how the powers that be classified black music that was deemed to be unsuitable to be played on mostly white mainstream radio. These black artists never got the chance to be heard by larger audiences and earned the kind of money that Elvis and other artists who copied them did. As to the issue of cultural appropriation, it's probably a fair accusation. Black people have been historically under-celebrated and under-acknowledged for the contributions that they've made to popular music. Many black innovators died in relative obscurity while Elvis was dubbed the king of rock and roll. Would that crown have been better placed on the heads of rock music's true originators like Little Richard, Ruth Brown, Fats Domino, Chuck Berry, Ike Turner, or even Louis Jordan? Probably. But Elvis was able to capture the imagination of scores of white teenagers and music industry's bigwigs who were looking for a marketable act to sell to middle America. And let's not forget, Elvis was raised in Tupelo, Mississippi, and Memphis, Tennessee. He grew up listening to Big Boy Crudup. Well, now that's all right, no mama. That's all right for you. Well, that's all right, no mama. That's all right for you. And Ray Charles. Side by side with the bluegrass and country artists of his day. He was no Pat Boone. <laughs> That's it. That's it, and that's all it's going to be. Welcome back to another Monday of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and as usual, I'm the captain of the ship. But before we get into anything else, we got to talk about, no, no, we're not going to talk about nothing. We're going to go to introductions because I almost went somewhere else, but we're going to go to introductions. Go ahead, Miss Jada, we'll start with you. <laughs> Hey guys, my name is Jada. I am a homeschool junior in the Elk Grove area, and I'm so glad to be back. Cool beans, Samuel. Hello, my name's Samuel Ocalsta. Please. I'm 11, I'm in fifth grade, I'm homeschooled. That's basically it. Well, that's what's up. Welcome back, Miss Melissa. Hi everyone, my name is Melissa and I'm a 15-year-old sophomore in the Southern California area and really excited about this episode. Perfect, and Miss Anaya. Hi everyone, my name is Anaya and I'm currently a junior in high school. Awesome. So look, we're talking about the Black print this week and this is an ode to Black creatives who either had their work stolen or they weren't celebrated on a grander scale. And, you know, in doing my research for this episode, like I heard terms that I had not heard before, like race music. Had you guys heard that term before? No. Okay. So let's go and um, I just want to get right into it because, you know, we got to just make sure we understand and we understand in some terms. So it says race music or race records were broad recording industry categories for music recorded and marketed towards African-Americans. Music under this label included genres popularized by black people at a time like blues, jazz, and gospel, among others. And so as I was watching, um, I was watching the uh, opening uh, credits or the opening video vignette I, I was really shocked to see some of the songs that Elvis got credit for um, and the folks that he actually copied off of. Um, when you were watching that, tell me, just give me some some thoughts about what was going through your head as you were watching that. And I'm going to start with Anaya. I was like, I was thinking, I was like, dang, what music did he make himself? 
<laughs> like, where's his music at? I'm, I'm curious too, <laughs> because it's just like, if, if you wouldn't have heard them like kind of side by side or one after another, you would just think that this, that Elvis came up with all of this. And I'm sh- pretty sure that America at the time thought that he was just this, what didn't they ca- call it? Blue eyed soul or something. They called him something. And then he became the king of rock and roll. And I'm like, how, how you be a king and you a copier? Like I'm, I'm confused. Samuel, what you think? Tell me, talk to me about it. I, I, I knew like a few years ago he was he was a fraud, but I didn't know to the extent. Like all your popular songs are all copied by black artists. Like what am I supposed to say? You got nothing for yourself. Yeah. And then, it, I mean, if you look at this article, it says prior to the 1920s, there were very few avenues for Black musical entertainers to gain a wide audience. Though they made music and performed at many live venues, no one was recording these performances. Major recording studios, often headed by white people, didn't see the audience, assuming that most Black people were too poor to own record players. These were effective gatekeepers coupled with the hard realities of discrimination and income inequality. Recording equipment was awkward, bulky, and expensive tools of the trade. All of these factors were made made it near impossible for Black artists and producers to break into the industry on their own. So when you hear this type of stuff, um, does it translate kind of into what we're seeing today? Um, uh, in in fact of how, because I know I read a lot about the different contracts that are coming through and how people are being exploited. Um, but because of the income inequality, do you think that that's something that's pervasive now um, as, as we're kind of, you know, going into yet another, you know, and we're going to get to the Super Bowl, but um, do you think that this is something that really um, stops people from breaking into certain industries now? Melissa, what do you think? I think so. Yeah, because there's also that fear kind of of you're going to get there and your things are going to be stolen. You're not going to get the credit that you deserve. And we see it happen so much in history and now. So I think definitely. Yeah. And so with history and and we always talk about when you don't know something, you're bound to repeat it. Um, Are you seeing or do you think that there is this this thing out here? where because people didn't know they're making assumptions of what's uh, or who to give credit to in in a sense. Jada? Okay. Something is going on with Jada's microphone. I'm not really sure what's happening right there. Um, Anaya, what do you think? Can you repeat the question? And um... I would love to, but I don't even remember what I said. Okay. Samuel, <laughs> do you remember, Sam? <laughs> yes, I do. And I think... They are because it's a, it's a const like they're gonna repeat what they didn't know even happened. The history is gonna repeat them itself if it, they do not have prior knowledge of what happened. And you see it now with hair, TikTok, different yeah. outlets than just heat than just regular old music industry. And just plain old copying is, it's it was a deep integration into cultural appropriation of of black culture. Gotcha, and I and I think that that's interesting um, that you put it that way because we will be jumping into um, other stories, you know, other different kind of genres, not just of music, but of like what you were saying, hair and TikTok. But before we jump into that, I, I just want to. Um, Put some more context out there because Anaya sent me this video and I want to share it with you guys. Here you go. So I know a lot of things in popular culture were stolen from black culture. Like there's an endless list. But I was particularly focusing on researching rock and how black artists not only like created rock, but it was also heavily influenced by black artists that were doing like bluesy stuff. And look what I found. I Cannot believe no one ever told me this. Watch. So we all know this song. Surfing in the USA. But do you know this song? 
Sweet Little Sixteen by Chuck Berry completely ripped off, completely with no credit at all, by the Beach Boys for Surfing in the USA. I can't believe it. Actually, I totally can. <laughs> so, and let me stop sharing screen. Um, so this seems to be an issue, a, a pervasive issue that we're seeing with, with things that were made popular, right? Um, nobody ever knew that it was attributed to these black artists. Do you, what do, why do you think that is? Why do you think they, they didn't give the credit where credit was due? Jada? I believe that happened a lot because of, you know, the system, like the segregation, there was segregation. A lot of it was had to do with segregation because that was a time when black people were always facing troubles about white people basically terrorizing them. And so I just feel like it's because that they're black. I'm that that's as plain as I can put it. They never really gave credit where credit was due because they didn't want black. They didn't want to see black people succeeding. They only wanted to see themselves succeed. That think that was selfish, very selfish and very racist in a way. Mm -hmm. Samuel, you got your hand up. So I think that it was just take, they were taking advantage of a system that was uh, built to benefit them. They yes. basically small black artists, so songwriters and artists that already created these songs, they just rip, they just take lyrics or melodies, chords, or whole song. And they just place it in, into their song and then make it an instant hit because it's it's all about perception. If it if it's made by a white per if it's made by a white person, oh, it's a great song. But when it's made by a black person, ooh, it's 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 kind of grimy. It has mm. I don't like it. I don't like it. But when it's a white person make, uh, making the exact same song, it's good. Makes no sense. Mm. And you know, and I I think of that, and and I'm trying to. I guess they didn't give credit because they didn't have to. There were not there was nothing on the books that said they had to give you credit. You know what I mean? You I think that sometimes we rationalize things and we say, oh, well, because it's the right thing to do, they would do it. But they didn't do it because they didn't have to do it. Nobody knew anything different, right? It wasn't like um like Jada said, because of segregation, it wasn't like they were like frequenting the same places. So how would they know where it came from? And you just go yawn in my face. That's cool. Um, but how would they know if you're never in the same place, right? So I I'm just curious about that, Jada. And I think another part of it had to do with jealousy. I really feel like it was out of jealousy because you would see like back in those times, they wouldn't even let black people perform their own songs in front of a white audience or the crowd wouldn't want to listen. But if it was a white person, they're like, oh, wow, this sounds so amazing because it's the jealousy. We have soul in what we do. We are built off of music, off of culture, and they're just jealous of it. And and so I want to uh, share this this last clip uh, dealing with music with you because this was I don't know if it was the first time I had really seen <laughs> what people were talking about, but this is a clip from one of the movies. It's called Five Heartbeats, the Five Heartbeats movie, and they're going in and they're trying to get a record deal with this white record company, and this is what happens. I got one little problem. I I don't think this song is right for this group. But I got a group that I think be perfect for this song. Hold on a second. Marsha, send in the five horsemen. You're going to love these guys. They're great. Let's show them who the horsemen are, guys. Huh? Yeah. yeah, we got soul. Hit it. Ain't got no money. Whoa. Ain't got no fancy car. Whoa. Don't live the life of a millionaire, Jack. Whoa. Or a movie star, Jack. There's nothing in the world that I could possess. Stay with your love and your tenderness. <laughs> so, so they're performing the song that he wrote, the guy that was sitting there shaking his head. They're performing a song that he wrote and they're saying, we don't think this song is right for this group, but we got another group. <laughs> and they're like, but they got soul. 
Right. And they super bad. Yes. So it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of comical in a way, because if you didn't hear the other version, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess. Um, but you're talking to people who created the music and in talking to them about what is appropriate. It's just kind of funny to me. It's just kind of funny, but I digress. It's it's hilarious that that's what we we're looking at. Go ahead, Jade. I see you. They even stole their name. Like they're like the five heartbeats, the five horsemen. Who are the five horsemen? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was just. It's just like yeah, we're we're gonna be a, a copy of the original, right? And we're going to come in because we have more distribution rights. We have more of a wider network. Nobody's ever going to hear this little song that you done wrote. But if you give it to this group, then they will. But I didn't hear them talk about publishing rights. I didn't hear anybody talk about royalties. I didn't hear any of that. They were just going to take their song and give it to this other group. Right? And sometimes, Go ahead, Sam. When I was thinking of Five Horsemen, I'm like, are they about to bring in KKK members? Like, whoa. Because, you know, KKK members. KKK members, they ride, they rode horses. So I'm like, where's yeah. this going? It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And I think that sometimes, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how anyone gets to the point where they're like, you know what, I'm not going to work for anything, but I'm going to tell the black folks who have worked for it, that they're lazy when they don't give it to me for free. Right. And so it's just you continually kind of see this thing um, here in in society where if you're a smaller person or you don't have the largest following or, you know, there are certain things that you're not going to get access to. And I think that, you know, that's what we're seeing now with your generation and, and your TikTok generation. Um, there there was a whole big old story. Why don't you guys because I know it. I don't want to speak for you. But why don't you guys kind of give us some context on the issue and why it was such an issue? Who's going to start? Um, so basically, um, it was basically about this girl. Um, somebody pull up her name. I don't think I remember. Are you talking like, about Jalea Harmon? Yes. So she had made The Renegade. It was trending for a very long time. Very trending for a very long time. And then Charlie D'Amelio, another a white girl, and I think Addison Ray, they both did the dance and they went viral off of it. And they actually performed it. They're getting commercials. They're getting sponsors. They're getting this, this, and that. And nobody knew her name until after like a few, like, I don't know, a month or something or something like that, where I was like, oh, she created it? Like, I would have never known if somebody, I think somebody posted on TikTok, they were like, this is my so-and-so. She's the one who created this dance, da da da, da. But you see Charlie D'Amelio's face everywhere. Like, I saw her at Marshall's on an ad for LED light. Like, she's everywhere, but nobody knew about the black, the person who created it, and it happened to be a black girl that she stole it from. And I believe her excuse was like, oh, I didn't steal it. I just saw it, and I danced to it, and all of a sudden, I got viral. But, like, you never gave credit. Where was the credit that you were supposed to give? Like, whether you knew her or not, you should still give credit. And that's why a lot of people are doing, like, DC, like, dance credit. This is who created the dance. So nobody forgets who created the dance. It also became a really big problem because Charlie D'Amelio became the most followed person on TikTok. She surpassed everyone and had like hundreds of millions of followers off of this one dance that she stole from a black girl. So that's also why it became a really big problem. And like Jada said, the DC, the dance credits, after that whole situation where she gained fame off of someone else's dance, that's when everyone started pushing the, pushing the seriousness of giving people credit for the things that you're taking and can possibly get more fame from. And then another thing that Charlie D'Amelio said in her defense was basically like, well, I never gave myself credit for the dance, so I never took it. But then she never denied, because people started calling it the Charlie D'Amelio TikTok dance. But she never denied, like, oh, it's not mine. She just sat there and ate that up. Sat there mm -hmm. and made money off of a Black girl, who was, I think, 14 at the time, 13, 14 at the time. And they and had she, this little... She went on and, and she was performing it on all these big stages, right? Like, she was on The Tonight Show and... 
and all these different. So I wanted to kind of pull up an article based on what you all are talking about. It says TikTok star Charlie D'Amelio has been criticized by the View co-host Sonny Halston, who called her a prime example of misappropriating dances created by black TikTokers. The episode, which aired Monday, blah, blah, blah. We don't care. I think it should be considered cute or sweet. I don't think it should be considered cute or sweet to misappropriate other people's creative content, Halston said. We're seeing it big time on TikTok with black creators. She said black TikTokers create these incredible dances that go viral like renegade dance and savage. And then you see white teenage women misappropriate that content and make millions of dollars off of it. So not only did she steal it, she's making money from it. Let me ask you, how, how much did the other little girl make? I don't know, but I know she got to go on. I think she went on Ellen. She went on Ellen. I saw her at one of these basketball games. And was that all she got was to go and provide, you know, perform the dance she created? Or did well, she I get did. some million? Because this day the girl's making millions. The Charlie D'Amelio who stole it. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, it, 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 can this be a retroactive thing in terms of a lawsuit for them stealing her content? Like, how do how does she, the girl who created it, make money off of what she created and stop this girl who didn't create it from making the money? What do y'all think? Uh, I honestly think that it was probably a probably a tactical move like if you want if you want more fame as just as a white creator you just don't you just don't give the credit wait did i freeze oh my internet no we hear you wait okay oh okay i was making sure it didn't freeze nope didn't freeze okay so um basically i was just saying that it was but i feel like it was a tactical move don't give don't give the creator credit so you get more fame popularity uh well, profit and I understand that part but i'm saying how does the the little black girl go about protecting her stuff so that this does not happen again jada i and if i was put in the situation where i wanted to continue to protect my stuff i would just i really i really don't know what i would do because the social media and the internet is crazy like creators get lost in like like people who created the dance they can get lost like nobody will like i don't like i really don't know what she would do i i really i don't know how you protect a, a dance that you created unless you post it and become viral off of it and then if other, other people see it they should give credit but i don't i can't assure that everybody will give credit where it's due i mean can you sue somebody for stealing a, like a dance or something is that something you can do now because i know there's copywriting for music but i don't know how it relates to like i'm not sure what you would do and maybe we can find somebody in the chat that can answer that question for us but i don't see how that wouldn't be relevant to copyright your dance if that's you know but everybody knows she stole it and yet she's still like ashlyn says she's getting brand deals she got her, her own drink at dunkin donuts for real like i I'm looking at this article and it said, uh, basically, she she cited the 17-year-old D'Amelio, who is one of the biggest TikTok stars, stars in the world, as a prime example of this. D'Amelio joined TikTok in late 2019 and lip syncing and dance videos exploded in popularity. She has over 180 million TikTok followers and has a Hulu docuseries with her family coming soon. Why? Why? Like, I, this is, this, go ahead, Jada. I feel like they threw, I feel like they threw the creator a dog bone. Like, I feel like they gave her something. Like, okay, now you can't complain because they had taken a picture with her. I think Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Rae took a picture with the girl and they were like, oh yeah. And then, you know, she performed at a basketball game. She hopped on Ellen and that was like the last that I heard of her. Like there hasn't been all this continuous nope. publication like Charlie D'Amelio. Like when I saw the reality TV show, I'm like, what are they real talk about? <laughs> like, I don't care. What is she known for? That's just, it's kind of like Kim That's Kardashian. All, and in my, my right. opinion, I just what think she's she known just, for. I just think she's just this basic girl who does the dance moves like everybody else, but gets more fame off of it. And it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Like she's a celebrity, 
Is this For her what? Right here? Is this a picture of her? Is this no, that's her? Addison Ray. That's the other girl. She's the one who actually taught I mean, her. She's, she's cute. She taught her dance to some cheerleaders at a basketball game. She didn't oh. even create the dance. She taught her dance. She taught, taught the renegade dance? She taught the renegade dance. That's she not even hers, but she's teaching it. But she's teaching it. <laughs> what? Wow. And then it says, this isn't the first time D'Amelio has been, been accused of stealing dances from Black TikTokers. In February 2020, an article published by the New York Times reported that the renegade TikTok dance that contributed to D'Amelio's popularity wasn't created by her, but by an Atlanta teenager named Jalea Harmon. D'Amelio later credited Harmon as the creator of the dance during a collaboration, a collaboration at the NBA All-Star Game in 2020. So she didn't let her do it by herself. They collaborated and she brought her onto the stage to perform her own dance that she created. What? So in what world, in what world do we do this? I, I just, in, in what, I want to know about their legal recourse, actually. That's what I'm, I'm really looking for the legal recourse at this point, because it seems like this is a habitual thing that is happening. Um, and I know that, that Black creatives had gone on strike, right? They went on strike, right? Y'all are on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. So talk to me about what you guys saw. Um, so for one strike I saw was Megan the Stallions. Um, what is it called? I can't say the word, but the song is like hands on the knees shaking. So then uh -huh. the white the black creators said, We're not creating a dance. So what the white creators did, they did hands on the knees and walking in and out the screen. That's all they came up with. And and somebody was like, How y'all not listening to the song? It says hands on your knees and your hands are in the air. <laughs> y'all what are y'all doing? Yeah. I mean, and how long did that how long did that strike last um for y'all that that's on tiktok or is it still ongoing no it's not it's ongoing. not ongoing somebody created a dance somebody did yeah. and i'm like come on come on black people we're supposed to stand together what you doing like hmm so tiktoker caused bs on white users stealing dances from black creators without giving credit and this is from april um for as long as america has existed black people have had their work and art stolen the trend dates back to when innovations by Black people were routinely stolen by white slave owners who erased any memory of their true creators. Um, this trend has continued throughout, throughout American history, uh, due in part to the fact that for hundreds of years, Black people were explicitly not allowed to hold patents for their ideas, essentially leaving them powerless against white inventors who use their ideas to make millions. In music, black musicians routinely had their work stolen by white artists who claim credit for their songs. Legendary musician Ray Charles addressed this openly when he spoke about Elvis Presley. Ray Charles put Elvis in his place. I love black people, haha. -ha. And I don't know what the tweet says because it's not here. Um, Elvis, like, it just seems like it's still happening because either A, we don't know the rules of the game and we're not getting uh, patents to protect our intellectual property, or two, we don't know that we can protect our intellectual property. We're just kind of sharing it with everybody, not thinking that um, it would be a, a negative thing to do, right? And social media is a whole new phenomenon. TikTok is a whole new phenomenon, right? In terms of the things that you guys are doing. I see all y'all stopping in different places and putting your phones up and y'all know a whole little routine. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Right. But at some point, is there, is there any type of, like, before you guys do a dance, are you crediting the people who did them? Yeah. So when you post it, um, you have a little caption area that you can type your own description or whatever. And you always put DC and then at the person who created the dance. So if anybody wanted to know how to learn the dance or when to know where it came from, you can click on the at and it'll take you straight to the user. Hmm. Really? Okay. So it's not that she couldn't find who did it. She just didn't find Pretty the much. person who did it. Pretty much. Okay. And, you know, sometimes we think that, you know, white water is wetter, their ice is colder. Um, and so if you look at this article that also, they said there was also controversy over hit TV shows, Living Single. Y'all seen Living Single ever? Do you know what Friends is, the show Friends? So you know about Friends, but some of you are not familiar with Living Single. 
Well, Friends was a spinoff or uh, was taken from the idea of living single, right? And so it says, um, which were created within a year of each other and had marked similarities. Friends actor David Schwimmer was forced to apologize after saying they should make an all-Black version of the sitcom, which incensed many living single cast members and fans. So they're not even aware of where they originated from. They just be out here talking. Um, and it's really interesting. It's just very interesting to me. Um, but why? Yes, Sam. So about the copyright, I was going to bring up it. It says copyright requirements. It's I'm going to bring up this one specifically musical, dramatic and choreographed work. So and that's a choreographed work. It's dance uh, met, uh, mixed with the song. So under copyright law, under copyright infringement law, that was not technically legal so it if she if she got a lawyer she got an attorney and brung it to court she she could probably win the case but depends on the biases of court and how they view a white girl a, a black girl suing a white girl for invention that and whitewashing that has been happening for hundreds of years so and yeah. And seeing Charlie D'Amelio's uh, personality on TikTok, if somebody was to try and sue her, the first thing she would do is cry about it. I just feel like the first thing she would do, she would cry. I don't know why they're doing this to me because, like, I didn't even cry and steal it through. And everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, you're bullying Charlie. Leave her alone. Oh, my God. I mean, but that's facts. That's facts. Them tears are dangerous. Them white tears, I'm telling you, it does something in the courtroom. Um, I'm not sure what type of uh, spell they have um, added to their their emotions, but it seems to have a particular effect on judges and juries where, you know, their word is taken as bond. Um, it's just crazy to me because it, it, at what point do we make people produce their own work? Like, I, I, I'm just so confused. Oh, Lisa. <laughs> I'm just confused because I keep trying to understand this. And so do you guys have some creators y'all want to sh shout out? Some black TikTokers that you guys know are super popular and need a little extra love. Um, I know one of my favorite, and it's not on TikTok or he may be on TikTok, but uh, belief, uh, male uh, belief in fa fatherhood or something like that. I love his stuff. His kids are adorable. Um, and I, I do have a clip from him. So before we move to our next section, let me um, go ahead and just tell y'all what he was thinking last week. Black Crew's content and not tagging them. I'm gonna need you to light up their comment section. Don't like the post. Find the original creator and follow and like their post. I mean, we are making art telling stories making the videos like it takes time to do that and these platforms that are doing it for the culture that are just stealing our content and really really growing their own platforms off of the stuff that we make it's gross man <laughs> i can't stand it so this is just a psa man like you should be supporting the original creators and finding them and if anybody who tags me in posts that i'm stolen from like that, that are stolen from me um, I really appreciate that. But a lot of times, man, these big accounts that have like a bunch of black content, the creators don't even be black. <laughs> Come on, man. Like we just gotta do better, man. So I don't know if you guys have ever looked at his uh, his uh, pages, but he's absolutely hilarious. His kids are hilarious, especially that younger one. Um, I, I <laughs> and the daughter loves bacon, by the way. Um, she's so cute, and so he's been kind of chronicling what it's like. I believe he's a stay-at-home father. I think that's what it was when I first started watching or following his content. Um, but he's a father of four, and he's talking about you know spending hours you know, getting relevant content. And I can tell you just as someone who creates content for BYLP social media, you know, accounts, it's really taxing. It's time consuming. And anybody who takes our stuff, you know, at least give credit where credit is due. 
And, you know, he said something very important. Instead of liking the, the post that you see, find the creator of said post and go and follow and like their stuff. Because there's a lot of people online and, you know, people behind the screens are, are different, right? Whoever's in the, in the profile picture, that might, never, might not even be who's behind those. So it's really, really important to go and find the person and then like their stuff. What did y'all think about what uh, he was saying in terms of, you know, he's tired of it. Like, I think everybody should be tired of it. Anybody who creates content. Come on, Sam, talk to me. I see your hand. Is it Anaya? It makes sense. Like, this has been happening for uh, maybe 120 years by now since the start of the 20th century and even before then. Yeah. Like Cotton Eye Joe, that, that, was, sung by, that was sung by um slaves on the plantation and then patented by white, by white artists and then made into a popular American song, folk song. Mm. It's just cultural appropriation and stealing from black black creators and artists is just deep deeply rooted in American history. People mm. people don't know this because they don't want to reveal it because then it's just like all these white artists aren't really that impressive. They're just copiers of the same music that they got they got the ben they got the benefit of the doubt because they're white. So Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Okay. Anaya, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with him. Like, don't pay no mind to these white creators, even if they do have a dance credit, don't pay no mind to them. Um, just go to the original, you know, hype them up. Like yeah. I feel like if you do that. And if you're just ignoring these bigger white creators and, you know, constantly, constantly having these black creators names in your mouth, then they can be at the top, just like these other white creators who stole things from them. Like maybe mm -hmm. they will get the credit that they that they have been longing for and that they actually deserve. I agree with both of you. And it's what the guy was saying in the video. It's so tiring because, like Sam said, it goes farther than just the 21st and the 20th century, even like Betty Boop was created from the idea of a black woman. Like, you know, all these things that are so popular, if you really strip it down and go back to the origins, it comes from black people. Like without us, there would be absolutely no culture. No one would have anything and everything is stolen from us. And it's so unfair and it's so tiring as someone like Miss Lorraine said, who creates content for BYLP, I hope with some of it for the podcast. And it's like, if someone steals something from you without any credit, you know how not just it would be heartbreaking because you know the work you're putting into it and someone can easily take it from you and it almost feels and seems like there's nothing you can do about it yeah and and that's the hopelessness right that's the hopelessness part that's the frustration part of it it's like i can do everything i i can try to do to build up my own platform and page but depending on who sees me if this person has more followers than me and they take my stuff, they're going to think they created it. So how do they, you know, like, I'm, I'm just trying to understand how, what is the best way for them to um, keep their name on their stuff, even if it's shared multiple times. And the only thing I can think of is putting these little, like, uh, the icons that we have in our background, like putting those in the back of everything that you're putting up. Otherwise, anybody can just take it and say, it's mine. What you got to say, Jada? And I'm just saying that seeing that stuff on TikTok, it really frustrates me. Like they're like, it's not just the dances. It's sometimes it's the skits. Like I'll see somebody who did another skit, but I'm like, well, I saw this on this other black creators account. Like, why is this one getting more views than the last one? And I'd be so frustrated personally if I work my butt off trying to do something. And then one day I see it trending, but it's not me. It's getting off of somebody else. Like that's so it's so irritating. And it's irritating when the white creators are sitting here talking about, I don't know why you guys are so upset. Like, it's just a dance. Like, da, da, da. because you have never had anything stolen from you constantly. And, like, and we're not making we don't want to. We don't want to <laughs> steal nothing from you, though. Like, personally, I know I don't want to steal nothing from y'all. You have nothing that I want. But it's just so, like, irritating how they 
I'm sorry, but y'all have no culture. And so you feel like you have to come and take ours or take a hint of ours and, and then claim it like it's yours. And that's so annoying. Yeah, and then they'll turn around and say Black Americans have no culture, right? Because they'll say, oh, y'all don't even know where you're from. Or they'll say, oh, well, y'all don't even know who your dads are. Y'all don't even go to school. Y'all don't even succeed in school. Like there are a lot of things that come down to it. Um, they said there's this meme that is out there say black people have been called lazy ever since they decided to stop working for free. Right. And we're still having things taken. And you would think that people who have everything wouldn't need to come over here and take anything. And that's where my problem and my frustration comes down to. And, you know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing things and I'm going to share my screen in a second. Um, see, seeing things, there's, there's a lot of um, folks out here who want to be black until it's time to be black. Um, and I have to share this because this person is a habitual line stepper as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I was quite offended by this particular post um, because someone explained to me, this is the same person that they uh, give credit about boxer braids, which were cornrows and have always been cornrows in black culture. Um, this person uh, is also allowed in different spaces um, because of whoever, whatever, why ever. But I need y'all to explain to me what is an inner black woman for a non-black woman to um, portray? And, and, and before you answer me, give me a second. The, this person has also been put on the on the copy of what was it, Sam? On on the copy of Vogue. It was a Vogue on Black History Month. Yeah, she's also on the cop on 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 the cover of Vogue magazine for Black History Month, because um, she's channeling her inner Black woman, um, and I have a problem with this. So somebody explain to me how do you how does one channel their inner Black woman? Samuel, I see your hand up. You want to take a stab at it first? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like, how are you supposed to channel your inner black woman? Like, you're not even black. And what is this? What are stereotypes about black women? Like, what's an inner black woman? Like, what's an inner black woman? Like, there's no what's an outer black woman. <laughs> how does one? How does one channel their inner black woman? All I can think is her children. She was trying to be closer with her children. Well, well, we know that they came out of her, but uh... not all of them. She got surrogates for three of them because she didn't want to lose her body type. But that's different, different discussion. Um, all I can think of is her just trying to be closer to her black babies. That's just. But how does how does this translate into commercialism? This pop faction, whatever this account is, I'm not sure what this account is and or, nor what they do, but how does one channel their inner black woman? And maybe, uh, Miss Tawana, maybe you can help a sister out because I'm confused um, because, you know, a lot of times in spaces that I go into, I'm aggressive, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rude, I'm a bully, but somebody wants to channel that. I'm confused. And they get credit off of it on Black History Month. Somebody help a sister out. You're Listen. either black or you're not. You're black or you're not. There is and no I, inner black woman. Like you said, Miss Lori, what's the outer black woman? I'm confused. I don't, I don't, I'm black is a race, black. not a, black is a race, not a personality. Since right, you cannot a put it on and take it off. You can't put that on <laughs> and take that off when you want to. That is it. Now, look at this. Look at this first line. Look at the first line. A notably dark, a noticeably darker Kim Kardashian. I read this this morning. It was a different article, but it was about the same cover of Vogue. Me and my mom were just talking about it this morning, and how frustrating it is. We cannot take on and take off our skin color and our blackness. You can You shouldn't be able to do that and profit off of our skin color because we are gorgeous and it's frustrating 
Sammy, I, I see Sam's hand is still up, but I'm confused. Put it on her black face. Mm. Wait, give, give, give my, give my, uh, stereotypical African earring right here, right here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna braid my hair too. <laughs> I'm just confused, y'all. Like, uh, so she, she for years. Um, she's been accused of black fishing, which this says is the act of using hairstyles and makeup to create and enhance certain features to appear as though you have black heritage or you are racially ambiguous. Um, and, and I, look, as a person, I don't really know her as a person. I've seen some of the stuff that she's done in the social, social justice space as of late and the stuff that she gets access to because of her celebrity. Um, but this, this, this whole thing that her and her sisters got going on, um, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because it seems like there's a per particular demographic who is just smitten with them. They're fed uh, I feel like they're fetishizing. That, that, uh, you know what I mean? Because why, why mm -hmm. yeah, why are their husbands or baby daddies black? Why was Rob with, with China, black China? Like it, it runs in the family. Why did they change their body to be like that? Or but to have black features, are black features. Yeah. yeah, to have black features, but then younger black girls are adultified for having these natural black features, but they're praised. Why did they get bigger lips? It's weird. And I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the comment right there. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but go ahead, Anaya. Um, I got distracted. And then it's like their hairstyles. Like, why? It's just weird. It's just weird. Because why, why you got braids in your hair? Do you, you want your hair to fall out? Like, like. I mean, and let's not let's not play. Let's not act like she doesn't get weaves because I've seen her at the beauty salon getting the weaves, right? Um, let's not act like that this is how she used to look. Like this is a whole new um, caricature of a person who was there before. This is someone who has embodied certain characteristics and they've been applauded for it while in the background you see black women be constantly castigated and, and just kind of maligned based on their natural features right and so i i you know as as i don't know her personally but i'm sick of seeing her and her sisters and her mama um i'm sick of seeing them as the standard of beauty um i'm sick of them um coming across your social media feeds as something to live up to I um, mean, something to um, kind of, uh, I know the word is not copy. There's a different word, uh, em emulate, right? I'm tired of them being held up as the standard. Um, and I still don't know what they're famous for. I know how she came onto the scene. And it was, it has something to do with a black man. It wasn't her own, well, her own talents per se. <laughs> but it's just like, at what point? do we start to expect more from people who are trying to get our attention, right? Because that's what entertainment is, is people getting your attention and people being worthy of a follower, follow. And I'm about to take her off my screen because that's enough. Um, but at what point do we expect more from the people we are putting or spending our time paying attention to? Because there's nothing different about her and, well, no, there's a whole lot different. Let me stop because my, my train of thought was going someplace else. There is a stark difference between someone like her and someone like me. I didn't have to go and enhance anything. And I'm not skinny by any means. Of, you know, if I wanted to go get plastic surgery, I, I could probably be one of these Barbie dolls walking around. But the fact of the matter is, this is not the type of, of thing that we should be celebrating, praising, or any of that, because they're doing their best to emulate Black women. And it's frustrating. Samuel? I feel like Kardashian is the new definition for fake and cultural appropriation. Like, you, th you think about it, their whole career is built off of cultural appropriation and being fake. Baby mamas. Now, at, at what point? 
When when has it become a badge of honor to be a baby mama? Because that's not what they were telling little black girls, you know, around school campuses. Matter of fact, they was coming up with all kind of think pieces about why, you know, black teenagers and whatnot or black young women were out here having all these babies by different babies' daddies. Um, not saying that that's been, you know, their their trajectory, but they done slept with a whole lot of people to get to where they are. And so when has promiscuity been celebrated? Why is that something that's being celebrated and being linked to inner black women? Like we got to talk about that. But they can they can adultify young black girls who simply were just born with the features that they have and automatically talking about some, oh, you're you're trying to attract this, you're trying to attract that. I need you to cover up your shorts are too short, your thing is too this. But Sally's over there wearing it. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the the thing that's most uh disturbing to me is that you have black men feeding into this foolishness. Let's talk about it. These are the type of girls these high school boys want to be with on, on your school campuses. I see them all the time. I see them at the basketball games all hugged up, loved up, rubbed up. Mm -hmm. I see them all the time. This is what they feel is the standard of beauty. Meanwhile, the little black girls on campus are ghetto, loud, unapproachable, ugly, too dark. They don't date dark skins. Like it's a bunch of foolishness when they're copying the original, right? And so we have to have that conversation in context because anybody who has to channel their inner black woman probably ain't black because when black women are challenging their blackness, it's deemed as something negative. You're right, they're colors, yeah. And we, we're going to have that conversation again because it keeps popping up. And then it's it's affecting the self-esteem of the young girls on campus because of how they're being talked down to when they're just out here being their beautiful Black selves, right? And they can't do anything but be that. We can't go, I mean, yeah, we could go bleach skin or whatever. And I know people like, they're, for instance, I was at the doctor people look at me and they're like, she can't just be black. Why can't be black? And so they're asking all these questions, trying to associate me with something else other than being black because it makes them comfortable, right? It's like, oh, she can't be all black. Look at her hair. Look at the texture. See, I don't have a wig on today, y'all, for real. <laughs> I don't have my wig on, but I might wear it next week. I got a new one. Um, but, you know, there's, there's this thing to want to, latch on to something else to try to provide it value when I'm just a copy of the original, meaning my ancestors done passed certain things down. And the thing that makes Black Americans kind of different than everybody else is that we have two blood types in us. We have both the slaves and the slave masters. That's how we have gotten to this point. So our, our textures could come out differently. Um, our, our hair textures, our skin te colors, Everything could come out differently, but that does not mean that we are not black, right? And so I, I just, you know, when we're talking about um, the black print in the original, you know, the black woman is the only woman in, in life that can create all the other races because of her DNA, the DNA she possesses in her body. But yet we're sitting up here allowing people to say they're channeling <laughs> their inner black woman. That's crazy to me. Maybe I'm tripping. Am I tripping, y'all? Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. And it's dumb and it's insensitive, especially on Kim Kardashian's part, how she didn't see how how disrespectful it would be. Like, oh, we want to take a picture of you and put you on the cover for Black History Month. Oh, wow, really? Someone who's not Black, but you want to, oh, because I'm unleashing my inner Blackness? Oh, my God, that's such a compliment. Like, she just ate it up and was like, pose. Like, that is so disrespectful, in my opinion, especially, especially on Black History Month. Especially. Like, we're... Someone who's not black be in the face of Black History Month. That's so, it's it's irritating. Well, not only is it irritating, it tells me that they didn't look to find anybody else. No, they didn't care to. They didn't care to. They didn't seek for a black woman. They're like, we're going to grab this girl who's not black, but she's looking a little darker lately. Like, 
<laughs> She's looking a little darker. She's a little darker lately. Like, no. Um, can I add something on? It's not about Kim Kardashian. No. But it was something about um, where Nicki Minaj had this Zoom call for Black TikTok creators during Black History Month. And I guess, like, not I guess, but a whole bunch of white creators got in. So then the waiting room was full. So then the Black creators, some of the Black creators couldn't get on. And then one guy, one white TikTok creator was like, my stepdad is Black. My sister's black. My grandma's black. But he's full white, right? He's, you know, stepdad. You know, I don't know how I don't know how that came to be, whatever. He was like, I didn't know that this was for only black creators. Bro, it's black history month. Why would we why would she want y'all in there? So he because he wants no whole space, thing. No space off limits to them. And we've allowed just, them just crazy. to respond to us in this way. There's nothing off limits. That's why I get ticked off when we talk about your BSU meetings on your campus and they're like, well, it's open to everybody, right? Why can't y'all just have a place to be safe and have the conversations you want to have? Because we can't discriminate. We're not allowed to discriminate. But what about everybody else? What about everybody else? They can do what they want. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Because I was on this call um, last week and I was asking them because there's this thing because we're Black Youth Leadership Project, every time we talk to some entity, they're like, well, are you guys discriminatory? And I find that to be a very interesting um, thing because I never heard of anybody else, say the Asian Resource Center, the Latino Project or whatever else type of demographics that are out here serving their people. I've never heard them asked the same type of questions that I get asked. And so I asked in a room full of non-Black folks, I said, now, let me ask you guys something. Um, Are your programs specific? And they said, yes. I said, have you ever been called discriminatory because your programs are specific? They said, no, that's BS. And so I'm like, so it is just us. So not only do we have, we are we the originators of this, this stuff, we, when we go into places where there are other type of people, you can't focus on just us because they're, they're used to us just struggling with no life raft, right? You can't just focus on just us because then now you're discriminating. But you don't have the same energy for everybody else. And so I'm saying that to say there's no safe place for folks to really talk and be just authentically them without somebody else coming in and trying to take their content, their work or anything else. Even with the programming that we have like BGSN, they told me if I bring it in certain places that they would own my content. No, you won't. And so we had to haggle over legal language to make sure that we and our intellectual property was protected because if I didn't go in there and I was just desperate to get a contract or whatever, we would be unprotected because they're used to banking on black folks being desperate to get into a business or an industry or anything like that, that we don't take time to read what the contract actually says. Right. And so I'm just saying, in a way, we have to learn to protect ourselves through the means that are available to us legally. Because when I read that contract and it said, oh, we're going to take this and anything that you create will become the property of said person. I'm like, no, it won't. This is a whole copyrighted program. No, it's not. No, you won't own this. But I have to, y'all have to get used to looking at the language and what people are presenting to you, reading with it, reading through it with a fine tooth comb and a lens, and then coming back with, yeah, no, that doesn't work for us. We propose you put this language in instead. Right. And so it's about protecting yourselves. And Jada, I see you came off mute a couple of times, so I'm gonna shut up. But what did you what did you want to add? Um, and I had brought up something regarding Nicki Minaj and her defending, et cetera, et cetera. And it just sparked another thing in mind where there was this a uh, girl from Little Mix who separated from the group. Her name is Jessie Nelson. And she actually made a video called Bad Boys, which is kind of like a spin-off song from P. Diddy's Bad Boys or whatever. And in the video, she looks darker. She has these box braids. Her hair is all curly. And she's talking about she loves them ghetto. She loves them gold teeth. And she's surrounded by black men. Like, and like, you could have said like, oh, you know, bad boys, da, 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 da. there could have been a white man next to you, but you pulled out a whole bunch of black guys. Like you're, you put them in this category. Oh, I like them rubber, I like them ghetto. I like them gold teeth, you know, da, 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 da. 
that's what you think of black men? And like, you, and she was like, and Nicki Minaj sat on a Zoom call on a, like an interview with her and was like, I don't think my friend is, she actually featured with her on the song. She jumped on the song with her. Like, Nicki, what are you doing? She's like, I don't think she's black fishing, but there's this picture, side by side picture, where she where Jesse Nelson has straight hair, thin lips, et cetera, et cetera. And then the video, her lips are full, her skin is, her skin, her tan is so dark. She's the, she's almost darker than Nicki in the video. Like, how are we, like, I would pray for my black people sometimes. Like, Nikki, are you serious? Like, you're defending now as a black let woman? Me, let me be clear. There are, black people are not a monolith. Some of these people that you guys follow are not black Americans in the sense of knowing the struggle and everything that went on here in America. Some of them are black people from other areas. And I believe she's from one of the Caribbean islands or whatever. So I don't think that, the way that we interpret things may be different from how our brothers and sisters from other co countries interpret things. And that's okay. But to be exploited, you know, and just some people just want to be on doggone camera. Let's keep it 100. Some people just want to be seen. It don't matter what they seen doing, but some people just want to be seen. And so we have to get out the, out of this thing where we just want to be seen and we don't have anything to contribute. Right. You know, anyway, I'm gonna stop because that's gonna irritate me because that whole little story just got on my nerves. Um, but look, <laughs> that's it, that's all we got today. Now, do y'all remember what next week is gonna be about? What What are we learning next week? What are we talking about? When I see me, I think. When I see me, yeah, talk about how, uh, in instances where black people are seen in a positive light. Um, and we're going to try to focus our attention on that. And I know I said all month we're going to be positive and it's been really hard because there's been some folks cutting up out here in these community streets. Um, but we got two more shows left, uh, right? Two more um, with Black History content. And then we're going to be back to our uh, regularly scheduled programs and holding people and taking them to task about their incompetence and cultural incompetence on these school campuses. Um, but with that, so next week, four o'clock right here on Facebook and Instagram, uh, I always say Instagram, YouTube, uh, when I see me, you guys are going to come with some clips and stuff of uh, positive portrayals of black folks. And uh, we're going to just have a funky good time with that. So if you want to continue or you want to play, uh, we're playing uh, trap spelling bee tonight at six o'clock sam said he's winning i don't know uh we go <laughs> melissa her mom will be in the building i'm sure of it uh so join us tonight for uh, trap spelling bee on if you have not registered uh with our networks or you want the link just pop into one of them or see our social media sites we have posted those and with that we're going to hit y'all with the wave we'll see you next week right here at four o'clock pst uh, we are Black versus the Board of Education.